Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, welcome back to Brooko Mode for episode 24. I'm joined by Harry Quayle. Thanks for coming on again. Cheers, boss. So we're going to hop straight into it and... A podcast I like listening to by Chris Williamson. He recently interviewed Chris Bumstead and talked about this powerful thing called the cynicism safety blanket. And I'm going to start with quoting him and then we're going to have a conversation from there. So he says, cynicism is a guarded response which sets yourself up against disappointment. Its role within the system is to protect you against experiencing anything bad. It is a preemptive strike against a perceived threat. If I tell myself that all women are bad, then I'm less likely to seek a relationship with women and as a consequence, I'm never going to feel the pain of rejection. If I tell myself that everything is shit or that things will never get better, then I'm excused of ever having to try anything. It's more comfortable to get fatalistic and call it pragmatism. The cope is framing hope as pathetic and embarrassing and optimism as delusion. It's sour grapes at an existential level. If everything sucks and everyone is horrible and reality is disappointing and you know that for a fact, then it's the people acting like things can be better that are dumb, delusional and the problem. The upside of never trying is never having to feel the pain of failure. Love that. So powerful. I think especially as we, I think when we're younger and we have all these ambitions and I think sometimes what happens is we do experience failure and it really hits home and then we sort of condition ourselves that, oh, I don't want to feel that way, so I'm not going to try it, things. Yeah. It's a real, like, I feel like it's a real male thing as well. It's like an ego thing where if you're, if you're going into something, like, risky or trying something new or putting yourself out there a little bit, males always make, like, a safety net for them. So it's like they might, you might be going into a footy game or something like that and you you use it, you set a safety net for being like, oh, I don't feel too well or I've got a little hammy injury when really you don't. And it's like you prepare people for your worst and you're already in your head expecting like you're going to perform or underachieve or whatever it may be. Then that way, like you sort of 
have that bar low and you have like this safety net in case things do go bad and you're already sort of preparing yourself for things to go bad? Yeah. I think I think of it as like self-sabotaging behaviours. So you do things that aren't going to help you, but it creates that psychological blanket. So think yeah. it's like an excuse if you do fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, was, there was one boxer recently who or MMA guy who said that a couple – a weekend before his big fight, he has an absolute – huge night where he gets hammered and drinks and then and then it he has that excuse ready and he, th- he says it helps him perform even though it's not going to it's just like in his head yeah. sort of thing Love it. which is interesting but now that episode with chris christopher was was really interesting because it made me reflect a lot on myself and how throughout parts of my life it's almost easier to not give everything a full crack that you really want to you know, things that you're really motivated and passionate about, it's easy to like not give it your full effort because then you have the that thought at the back of your head like, oh, I could have been if if I gave it my all. And it's 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 more comfortable than the pain of knowing that yeah, you weren't you enough. Failed, yeah. I think that's like with every with sort of all the things people hold back from diving into anything and I think that's what restricts people from trying new things is because they like to know that like it's like the fear of failure and don't like being told like knowing that like what you said, knowing that you gave it your all and failing, it sort of just knocks your ego a little bit. I th- I believe it's the way I used to measure myself was really outcome oriented and it was like, did I make this team? Did I that? But I'm starting to measure myself not in that external way but more internal, giving myself more control. Like did I give everything I had? Was I disciplined and motivated? When the decisions came within a game or – whatever context it's in, did I apply myself the way I know I want to rather than like did the outcome, was it externally successful? Was it successful from the sense that I made a team or whatever sort of thing? Yeah, I've, uh, with that, like it's like I've shifted away a lot from like I've always been big on sort of goal settings and I've always been like that. Like I organise my stuff and set to do the lists and day by day, week by week, year by year and I'm trying to shift myself away from like quantitative goals because those especially – sort of much like what you were saying it's like it's measuring what you've done from the outside and it doesn't really show any of the process or any of the character building from that and it's like you can with quantitative goals you set yourself a goal in my field it might be x amount of sales per year or it might be x amount of followers whatever it is and then you sort of reach and it's so easy with quantitative goals to then be like what's next it's like oh that was easy didn't really give me much and then you sort of chase the next thing so it might be like 10k followers and and you hit 10k and you you'd be like sweet like you won't feel really much different and then you're like that was sort of easy it's just a number on the screen and then you sort of it's a constant chase for the next sort of thing that's why i've been trying to focus more so on like like what you said the process of getting there and actually like feeling better about myself like it's it's one thing to be doing good from the outside but it was much spoken on that podcast as well where it's like you can have it all and still not feel satisfied and yeah, obviously it's much smaller scale and because it's easy for them to say because they're rich and famous and have a lot of money. But on a smaller scale, it's like you still got a feel of worth, I guess, beyond just the external views and beyond just like a quantitative figure or number. Well, there's so many people in the world who have a lot in an external sense but are so internally empty. And there's contrastly, there's so many people who externally aren't very financially wealthy from an external sense but are so internally content and that's sort of the path I'm going on but it's interesting because I feel like you can still have both I still feel like you can want to have 
financial wealth. Like I still want to have money, but not for the same reason that other people might want to have money. Like they want external money to like, as, as a social comparison to accumulate material goods so that they feel better about themselves internally. I would like to have financial wealth to actually help my internal thing. So then I'm able to yeah, do more do things more and, and grow, reach yeah. more people, help more people. Yeah. My favorite thing from that podcast and I read. I looked at it back online and read the article. It's like the what the Mexican parable of the Mexican yeah, fisherman. Mexican fisherman, and oh, I love that. A eh? like it's how he he comes in and he goes. I'm probably, I, it's a hard story to say the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's so good. It would have been. I, good. Lo- I loved it. I, I had to listen to it about like two or three times. Yeah, look look it up. If you listen yeah. to this right now, look up the parable of the Mexican fisherman, and then come back because it's yeah. so powerful. So. We'll just assume you've gone and listened to it because it's so powerful. But the main gist of it was the fact that in the American lifestyle or the Western capitalist lifestyle, we 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 chase after things that we basically already have, and we're just not aware of it. We, yeah. It's we we spend a whole life trying to achieve all this external stuff that this Mexican fisherman has, just because he was grateful for what he has and he chose to spend his time wisely. Yeah. So basically, he was like catching fish, and he had enough fish for his family. Then he used the rest of his time to do things he enjoyed and what was it like? Play play nap, guitar nap with, with his, his mates. Yeah, and nap, nap with his wife, yeah. spend time with his mates. And then the American attitude was like, oh, well, why don't you buy a bigger boat so you can catch more fish to then buy more boats and then grow into LA, New York. So then when you're six years old, you can then hang with your friends, nap with you your can, wife. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can like spend your life building a successful company, then make millions from it. And then basically when you get to 60 and you sell your company, what are you going to be able to do? You're going to do exactly what the Mexican fisherman is able to do now, which is, you know, spend his time doing things he loves. Because I think we get seduced in the American, sorry, in I say American, but like the Western capital, like the capitalist economy. Yeah. And as, as you're young, you're told you can do and be anything you want, but it's always from an external sense. Like you can do whatever jobs you want. You can get as much money. You can be rich if you work hard. But why? I don't know why we're so focused on external growth and external opportunity it's always i've always was taught like like so many things like you can be what you want and i love the fact that they're encouraging you can be what you want but it was always from an external sense it wasn't there wasn't much focus on like how can we be internally abundant or like internally content and and better ourselves and appreciate what we do have because like in that parable we we probably already have a lot of the things we want like i think of where you live like if you were in if you're a poor person in a third world country you would look at what you have now and you'd be so grateful but it's that it's hard because it is that like being grateful but then striving for more it's we had this talk last week it's it's, we'll get in the same cycle you yeah the same but it 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 is worth yeah it is it is the hardest thing isn't it yeah and it's all like i remember i read this thing the other day as well it's like it was a pretty it was that one i sent you the one where it's like you'll end up buried in the same place and like it's it is so true though. Like it makes you really pull back from where you are and be like, shit, like it's like you're almost working for nothing in the end. Like so that's why I'm trying to just focus on doing what I enjoy because at the end of the day, yeah, we're all going to be buried in the same holes and you know what I mean? Like you, you quickly forgotten about for the things that you did have and it's really just like the, the mark you left on everyone else. The journey. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to – it's hard because – part of my journey is doing all this self-development work to like enjoy the journey more. So my journey is part of enjoying the journey. So it it is a bit interesting like that, but I'm trying to, I think for me in this whole field, like 
people ask like, you know, why you do this sort of thing for, for my sort of why for this whole podcast, I've been asked it before and it, and it does change how I articulate it. But I think it really boils down to, I'm trying to find a way of living that is so enjoyable or like it's a, a journey I love and mm. you can get confused with thinking it's all going to be rosy. Like we talk about the pain and the suffering thing and I don't think we, we put ourselves through enough mental and physical pain. We're so, we love to be comfortable, especially in this world now. And I'm actually, part of my journey is finding a really good balance between pain and like pain, suffering and then comfort. Cause it's, cause I want to be able to like train my mind to like push myself more and more physically and mentally but then also to get the balance right so that i'm consistent with it but if i feel like we don't push ourselves enough on those mental and physical levels that we we never grow and we're and we get seduced by the comfort and it just becomes like with the dopamine it's it's similar to the mexican the parable of the mexican fisherman it's like what's enough what is enough and then you need more and more to achieve the same level of pleasure that you already had in the first place so it is it is a difficult thing to weigh up, but that's where you really need to reflect. And we don't reflect enough. I think we get so stuck thinking, oh, be busy, be busy, but we don't, like you do it, yeah. you don't journal, you don't reflect, you don't talk. We don't have these conversations enough. That's yeah. why I really love when people listen to this because it gives them an opportunity to think a bit more about things and yeah. think about their life. And I think when you sort of voice your well-being or your life and stuff, you can appreciate the little wins more and you can sort of step back a bit even recently with my hoodies i messaged you and i messaged a few spoke to a few of my friends like i have such high expectations on myself where i just want everything to sell out and i want everything to just meet the absolute limits and the other night like they went so well and i sold 80 percent of them within the first sort of 36 hours 48 hours and like with my whole attitude to everyone when they asked how it went when i was always speaking about what i had left and what i didn't do when it's like when you flip it in reverse, it's like the half, like what you said, glass half full, glass empty, sort of glass half full, glass half empty analogy. Where I was looking at me personally, I was looking at like what I had left versus instead of what I had sold. And every time I'd mention it to someone, they'd just be like, "Like holy shit! Like that's so good. You sold that many in already." Like where I was always just looking at what I didn't sell, and it's like I just want to constantly meet that maximum expectation and I think if I didn't voice how I was feeling it was like instantly I, I told a few people how I was feeling like it it bummed me out a little bit at the end of the first night and um, I don't reckon if I didn't voice that I probably it probably like things like that would just sit on me and I wouldn't be able to realize how well I did do and after voicing it I sort of did an internal reflection journal entry and sort of realized how cool and like how well I did actually do small things like that and it comes on all all sorts of scales and I think you got to I mean it's it's flipping it to the other end too like if you know how it feels to not meet your or whatever your expectation is and not mean the absolute best then sort of understand that with other people and that's the whole thing what Jack was speaking about like don't be afraid to give compliments like people don't compliment enough and that's why I think as well self like internally people are trying to drive so hard to meet that perfect limit because then I'll be like, oh, this is when I'll be recognised. But really like nine times out of ten what you're already doing or things that you already have done should be appreciated. And that's where like seeking, like for example, when I messaged you, you like piped it up and gave me confidence with how I was doing it. It's like seek the validation, not even validation, but seek 
other people's opinions and they will actually sort of affirm you of and ground you of that you actually are doing well rather than like the negativity bias in your own head where you think you're not doing as well as you are. And it's just moving forward as well. Like it's it's all well and good to get an external comment, but if you're not if you're not sort of getting that motivation for someone else or because you're not feeling it yourself, it'd be easy to fall into a slump and burn yourself out. So as much as you do, you should be, well, at least me personally, I try and strive to meet my own goals and impress myself. But like if I didn't sort of have other people push me along and like telling me I'm doing well and assuring me that everything's okay and grounding me, then you would burn out far quicker Like if you were just sort of doing it all in your own head. Yeah, totally agree. And expectations can be so powerful. When we're, I think whenever any, everything's going well for you, it's you don't really find much out about yourself. Like anyone can be successful and keep growing, but I think you learn more about your character and you have, like you spoke about this before, but you have your biggest growth opportunities from your darkest times. And when things aren't meeting your expectations, that is a negative internal experience. So that gives you so much opportunity to grow, reflect, and because then you can start to think back. So you you obviously did really well from my opinion, but you it didn't live up to your expectations. So then you were able to be vulnerable with yourself and then, you know, reflect, seek out advice from other people and then hopefully grow into a better hurry quail because you had a chance to look at your values and say like, because you've got to understand that we don't have it all figured out. And I think a lot of us, especially... A lot of us, this is why I'm trying to drive these conversations because a lot of young people, you see it, there's too much false, people have too much confidence in themselves but then also don't have enough confidence in themselves. It's really contradictory, if you know what I mean. I think we, we don't have the balance of like being confident with what we know but being vulnerable to learn from other people. We don't know. Especially young males. Young males. Like they're really confident in some areas. It's like, mate, you don't actually have a clue about this. But then, then they know something about themselves and their journey but they don't back themselves in. People aren't selective. I think we generalize with our mindsets a bit much. Like we're like, oh, we know everything. So then that applies to everything. Or we know nothing and then it applies to everything. I'm getting better at being situational. Like, okay, here's is what I know. Yes, I know this, but I'm willing to learn and be wrong. Because if you're not willing to be wrong and be vulnerable, you're not going to grow. Because even though you might be told something against what you believe and proof of something you're not actually going to grow from it because you're just in such a in a headspace where you weren't capable of growing and that's where young males especially with the, the ego and the masculinity side of things where they so, want to be so assertive and know everything that's why I don't think they grow enough and that's why I reckon I've grown the most in the past 12 months because I've been able to look myself in the mirror and say look you're not fucking perfect but you're doing okay but you've got to be willing to learn and that doesn't mean you can't be confident in yourself and you can't be confident with what you know, but you can't be too confident that you're not going to learn from people because at the end of the day, you, you fucking know nothing in in relative terms. And it's like, especially with young males, it's such a competition for sort of who knows best at times. It's a chest out, dicks on the counter sort of moment where everyone wants to be the guy to know everything. And it's like, sometimes it's better just to step aside and... Put your ego, leave your ego at the door, and let someone else sort of take control of a of a dis- different situation. Because otherwise, it'll just be a constant. I mean, if you're up there thinking you know something when you don't, 
all you're going to do is get that reinforcement of like someone might disagree with you or you might get comments from it, but like it's just going to breed a constant reinforcement for like negative behavior or wrongdoings. Well, I think with what you said last week, like with someone who's the quietest in the room, they often know the most. Yeah. And I don't, I think it's correlated, but do you know why I think it is? I think it's because they're willing to listen, but you can listen and give you a, a point. So I think sometimes people in social settings, I see this all the time, they're so um, needing to assert their opinion just because, like, you can tell that they're really just wanting some, like, external validation. Like, oh, I see, like I've done this before. I've been yeah. this, we're like, oh, I want to say something smart to people that like, think this of me. And then you're like, okay, but that, this whole conversation happened and I wasn't really listening. I wasn't really growing. All I wanted was some external validation. And it happens all the time and it manifests in so many ways because we're just talking, like, general here. But I think the way we can apply this is like you need to be able to, if you can't be in a position where you can listen and learn from other people, you're not growing because all you're doing is trying to prove to yourself that you're from an external point of view, like, like, like you're, you're like, you're smart, you know, you know what you're talking about rather than like listening. Cause the people, like when you talk about helping people and helping your mates, it's always the ones like who can, and people say, what is the key to like relationships and stuff? And it's like communication, but with communication, there's a lot of points to it. And the main one is like listening. Mm. And that's probably why a lot of people struggle to communicate because they're not willing to actually listen to what the person's saying. And it might sound simple. Like, yeah, I'm hearing them. I'm hearing them. Like, I can hear the voice. Well, like, I think it's the other way around. But like you can hear the like content, the, some, like, the actual semantic meaning of the words, but that doesn't mean you actually like hearing a message, yeah. understanding what, like yeah. how it me, like what it means to them. Maybe we, it's similar to what we've been talking about, but, and I think it's really really like because we talked about it at the start, like appreciating what you have, but being motivated for more. And it's like that, like constant battle between wanting more, but being content with what you have, and enjoying the journey. And a lot of it does come to gratefulness. But I want to talk to you about how you be grateful, how I be grateful, how we implement mindfulness into what we're doing so that we have a really good balance between enjoying the present yeah. but putting actions in place for a better yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things that you've obviously got really into journaling yeah. but I would love to know like in, in this whole space of mindfulness and all that, how you get that balance right? Yeah, well, it's, it is tough because it's like I've, and I, I'm pretty content with where I'm at now. Like it's like, you hear people talk and it's like they say, oh, time's gone so fast, like I feel so old or the other way where they're sort of wishing their time away and wanting to grow up. Where I feel at a point in my life where it's like I feel my exact age, I feel 21. It's like I look back on my life and I don't hold a single regret to where I am now and I know that everything, good and bad, big or small, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am and every decision and every moment has shaped me to the person I have and to the experience I've had. And then in the, on the other hand, my future doesn't scare me at all. Like where I'm at now, whether I have financial difficulties, whether I have friendship fallouts, whatever it may be, I know that things are going to work out in the future. And I know that like, the, like the, the, my future is some of the days which I look forward to the most, like when I'm old, I have kids, married, etc. But I'm not wishing those moments away at all. Like I've, I do feel it, feel really present with where I'm at. And I think that allows me to be myself so much. Like I, I feel this like power where like what we discussed last week where I value my opinion so much and I don't feel 
drifted by other things because I know that like I just have faith that my life's in the right path. And as much as it's like such a easy concept to say, and it's like you can say it with like a grain of salt, not actually mean it, but like I generally do feel that way. And I think that's come from knowing what like one I journal through my journaling every day. Like it's I've been big on the the reassurance of like when do when things do go bad, understanding why they went bad. And I think that was the biggest thing for me in my current day mindfulness is like understanding that or realizing that when when X went wrong, why happened, and like that was the best thing for me for my mental health I, I believe and then it's just like setting like what you were saying for setting plans for the future and seeing a vision for what you're doing and it could be anything and it's and it could be not so concrete but it's just like knowing that you're in good hands sort of thing and I think I, I constantly reflect on what has happened and I constantly assure myself of what's going to happen and it's without that like arrogance or egoness or cockiness but it's like just that confidence in yourself that you are such a good person and you are only 21 and I think that's the main thing. Whenever I feel drifting, like I am drifting away from who I want to be, it's the thing that grounds me is being like, shit, like you're 21 years old. You know what I mean? Like you've got so much life ahead of you. This, Like I look at people who may be a little bit older, five, six, seven years older than me and I'm, I've m- mentally and maturely feel on their level. And I think that's a grounding thing for me to know that like I've turned a corner which you may not turn until later years and I understand, like I feel like I'm sort of understanding my purpose and my drive and my reason for life and I think that allows me to sort of feel far more driven than many other 21-year-olds do. And I think another thing is like on that is not being so harsh on yourself as well when things do go wrong like don't blame yourself I, I I heard this thing about being your own best friend and it's like if you if some people spoke to your friends the way you speak to yourself you wouldn't have any friends like when things go wrong or if you mess something up nine times out of ten a lot of people are quick to react like you're a fuckwit you're an idiot like why would you do that and it's like imagine you spoke to your mate like that like they would let go of you instantly so it's about like that being your own best friend and like reassuring yourself that like things are going to be okay and just like your friends they're allowed you're allowed to make mistakes not only towards yourself but towards others like you are only human and it's like you expect that of your best friends like your best of friends and your closest friends are the ones who support you the most who boost you up and who tell you straight when then you need to be told straight and I think that's a big thing that people have got to feel on themselves. It's like, at the end of the day, if, if your mind, like, you are what you think and you, you are what's inside your head. So if your mindset's wrong and if you're, if you're speaking negatively internally or externally out loud towards yourself, then that's just going to be the life you live. Like, you live the life that's in your head. And I think that's, like, a key thing which... A lot of people, not only young people, old people, but like everyone is like that. People are so hard on themselves. And if like internally in your own head you're already fighting this battle, then like externally 
it's like you're actually gonna you're gonna have to put yourself through that as well. Lots of powerful points there. I wrote down a few just because it's this is thing. It's hard to remember everything you're saying, so I want to touch on a few things. The first thing that you said was how you journaled about a lot of events, and especially like when negative events occur, you reflect on. It. I'm interested. Has being able to like think about your thoughts and go through negative events made you realize how much you've grown from these negative events, but then it's also made you less scared of negative events. I feel like what happens is we're, yeah. we're, we're not good at experiencing failure, but because you've been able to reflect on growth, it makes you less you know scared of it because you condition yourself to get used yeah, to it. Yeah, I think that I think that's the main thing. It's which I like I said, I, I feel like I just constantly repeat myself with journaling and journal, like, but I don't think I would have, I don't think. I would be so like the reason I'm not scared of failures in bad times is because of that. And it's because I took the chance within myself to see the positives and the reasoning for these sort of, and when I say bad times, they're not completely traumatic. They're just like things that didn't go to plan, but I see, I've seen the light from those and it allowed, like it, it gives me confidence to dive into new things and, not be so set back by failures as such because I, I'm i able to, I don't know, see the silver line and fight clearer and easier than previously I may not have or compared to other people. Yeah, I love that. Another Chris Williamson thing he said, I can't quote it exactly, but he said he- heroes and villains have the same backstory. Yeah. It's pain yeah. and the, the villain sees... He experiences pain and he says, oh, the, like the world has put this onto me. Like I want to I put pain onto the world now. Whereas the hero experiences pain and says, I don't want anyone to feel pain. So like the, the, the hero uses pain to help others where the villain is used, used by yeah. pain. So, so that th- the hero, when he feels pain, he doesn't want anyone to feel that same pain. So he goes around and trying to save people from experience the things that he experienced where villains are like, I experienced this, so everyone else has to experience exactly, this. Exactly, that's yeah. exactly so how. It's like, like Batman when his parents got shot or whatever exactly. it was and he's gone and made sure no one else has to go through what he did. Exactly, because pain is like a universal thing and yeah. it's it's like we said. Whether you like it or not, everyone's going to have to. Yeah. So the other point I had was about the self-compassion because I think I'm starting to realise how important self-talk is. Like I've always known it, but like how like, seriously how strong it is like because reading Goggins book and like the shit he did like the yeah. amount of like self-talk he had to do and and um, Milton's the exact same yeah, yeah it's it's so like it's so powerful and I guess you don't really realize the power of it until you really become conscious of it then you make you, you sort of improve your life in ways because you're you're being aware of your thoughts and you start to make these changes and you realize how powerful it is I think with this with the self-compassion side I've probably had to do it the last few days because, like, I haven't been as, like, I've been really, really good with, like, diet training and then, like, you have, yeah, you have a few days where, like, it's not perfect. But then, like, it's really easy to fall back into all bad habits and I probably have. But then it's, like, it's that self-talks, like, bringing you back and because it's, I think that happens a lot. Like, I talk, it's called, like, the abstinence violation effect where in especially, like, people with addictions and stuff where they're like abstinent from something so they stop drinking alcohol they stop doing drugs they're on a really strict diet and then they relapse and then what happens is their their cognitions their thoughts are basically like oh this is always going to happen like i'm a complete failure like i can never last anything and then 
then what happens is they fall back into their old bad habits, even though it was just a little blip on the radar. But because they made this total generalizable comment about their own self-worth and belief and they, they just thought that they were doomed to failure it, trend, it instead of using it as an opportunity to, to rebound. Because if you look at a level, they've probably like gone up to here, failed and probably just went down a tiny bit, but then they just went bang. Like, oh, but I'm back to where I was here. Even yeah, though they've yeah. grown so much, you yeah. probably have similar things with your brand. Massive. Where like you s- more so personal, I think. I think yeah. I get that more with my personal goals and habits and lifestyle. It's like, and I think that's like, again, I'm going to refer back to journaling again, but with those side of things, some of the journal entries that I had like in like my, my when I say my prime days, but like the times where I felt mentally the, the strongest coming back from the island and I had a few other periods as well where I was in the same sort of routines. Some of the journal entries I've, I've written down are so raw and so powerful and like I look back on them on the days where I feel a bit out of line and like I, it like inspires myself. It's like my old words inspire me to like want to get back to that. And like some of the things I was doing, it was like like different levels, but like I was up at four thirty every day, and I'll just wake up, turn my light on, skull bowl, skull cup of water, and go to the gym. And it's like I, whenever like I've been thinking like that recently, thinking about those times recently, and it's like if I could do it then, like I can do it now. And I'm slowly drifting back into that, waking up at five a.m. just getting straight up, and it's like those like those times where you do fall out. And it's like the weekend, I feel like we were saying this the other day, the weekend for me now, I feel the least productive. And it's like I look forward to Monday more than any other day now. And it's like I feel like that's such a good, you know, you're in a good space when you're looking forward to Monday because especially as a 21-year-old, usually Monday is the most dreaded day of the of the week because of you just had a big bender or whatever it may be. But Monday for me is like a reset day where I can get back into my work, my routine, and I just feel way more on level and on switch with everything. And I get it's not like on the weekend I'm drinking and sort of making bad decisions or anything, but I just feel real complacent with things because you just get that Saturday and Sunday mood where it's like it's a Sunday, it's a Saturday, and you feel like you can sort of relax a bit and scroll through social media and all that. But, yeah, Monday is such a reset day for me and for my habits, and I don't try and – like I sort of allow myself now on the weekends to – just chill out for a bit and sort of switch off of things and I don't try and like previously I had a period where I'd be lounging around or just chilling or whatever and I'd sort of beat that up in my head and like the whole thing I was talking about before being your own best friend and then I'd be talking neg- negatively to myself and start getting in a worse mindset because of that where now I'm just like okay to just zone off for a couple of days because I know come Monday I will switch back into things and then I also try and keep a list of sort of on like a Sunday hour, I try and plan my week, whether it's just a rough plan, but just a list of things I want to tick off, a general list of what I'm going to be doing. And then that that really like resettles me after the weekend and being like, it's not all doom and gloom sort of thing. Like you may feel like you took three steps back, but you really only took a little 30 centimeter nudge back. Mm. Yeah, love that. And don't you think it's amazing how like – the weekends, like, are literally, like, a thing we made up for, like, having yeah. working days and rest. And then it's, it's like, an external thing and it's, like, seeped into your world. I know they've got – you've got routines that, like, are more during the week, but it's interesting how, like, you aren't, aren't doing, like, a full nine-to-five thing, but it's, like, that whole mentality <laughs> yeah, has sort of seeped into your own, own mind. And then yeah. now you feel unproductive on the weekends and 
and in a, it's probably in a, in a good way because I think a lot of us who do have like this non nine to like non nine to five lifestyle, we need to. That's this is where we can improve so much. Like if we use Saturday and Sunday, well, we've just gained two days. Might not seem like a, a lot, but over a, over a month, you've gained a week. And yeah. how much you can do in a week? Think about a week. That's a lot. Mm. So that's how like the not 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 drinking really has really made me gain a yeah, Sunday. Same, eh? Yeah, now you you gain like a weekend, like yeah. a couple of days. But it's it's also good to reset. So I think still use like weekends, like Sunday, and I need to continue. I'm I reckon my my focus this week is going to be more journaling. I do a lot of self journaling in my head, but it's not the same. No. I think I get oh, I, I, what I've been doing good. I've been doing good the voice recordings. How often do you do them? I'd say I've done about I've done about eight of them. They're about four minutes each. So not heaps yet, but like it's I really like once a week. Twice a week. Twice a week at the moment. Yeah. And I think, and I do it for a variety of contexts, but I'm really, I'll show you a couple after. Because yeah, I, want, I want to do them as yeah, well. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I watch them back sometimes and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, fuck. I've actually, one of them was about the gym. Yeah. And then this week I went, I listened to it before the gym and I'm not bringing my phone into the gym, but I really like hyped myself up. And, and I was able to see myself, I was in a headspace when I sent that message where I was really like fired up. And then Round I was going to the gym and I wasn't really in that headspace, but it really like, it connected with me because guess what? It was me. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. you know how you watch motivational videos to hype you up? If you're going to, if you make a video and you hype <laughs> yourself, how fucking powerful yeah. is that? You hear yourself speaking. Yeah. You're like, well, I can't just be like, this bloke's got this other mindset. It's <laughs> fucking you. Or this, or this bloke's a millionaire or you know what I mean? Yeah. It's you. I think that's the power yeah, of journaling like as well. It's yeah, really it is. Cool. The exact same, exact same theory. And I think with the video thing is you'd be able to see like through good and bad, the emotion on your face mm. of like, a period where you may be just absolutely flying or a period where you may be a bit flat and it's like you you can actually see like the raw emotion and how you do actually feel. But it's easy to hide behind a, a pen and paper or a phone, text, whatever it is. But seeing yourself just there, sitting there, like you – and I'm sure it'll – let's say it was a, a, a special moment or it might have been worse, like a bad moment or a day or whatever it is and you feel, set up a camera and film it if you ever look that back, it'll probably, as soon as you watch it, like you'll, you'll know what day it was sort of thing. Yeah. Like it'll, it'll click straight away and be like, oh, that was that day. Like, and you'll know exactly how you felt in those moments. And it's like, like what you said, I love that. How it's like, you can listen to motivational speakers, but that's fucking you. And yeah. If this cunt can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. It's me. Exactly. I think a lot of us have so many, we've experienced so much in our life. And do you know how people are like, oh, this bloke was this because he experienced that. We're really we're really causal human beings. We love to attribute things to causes. Like we like, oh, he experienced this trauma, and so he grew into this sort of person, and then almost excuse ourselves from yeah. become because we haven't done this. But I think a lot of us have enough pain and suffering. Maybe not always at the same levels, but we have enough opportunities. And I talked about it in the relationship context. We have so much to look back on and actually grow from. But I think we're we just don't do it for a variety of reasons. Some of us are scared. Some of us just don't think that we should do that. Some of us just don't put the time into it. And we and the people who do, you start to see their growth and you're like, fuck, this, this bloke's like really going places. But he hasn't really done too much rather than just reflect and be vulnerable. And that's where I'm, why I'm loving that. The reason I do love doing the videos is because I'm someone who I get carried away in terms of like, I love being able to say things, but writing, I feel like I write too slow. <laughs> so when I get the voice, I'm able to really like, just go bang and just yeah. really get shit out there. One the reverse, I like same thing. I write slow and my brain ticks so quickly. But the thing I like journaling is it just it it, allow, it makes me slow yeah. and it le- lets me just like 
sit there and process and just take it slow because I'm just bang, 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 24-7. Yeah. So it's like you like you don't like it at slow where I like it. Yeah, slow. but I think, again, it's like I want to be able to do both because I think they have their, both have their benefits because you get to see like the the raw self. And I think it's – we talked about it a bit with how Dill Buckley still sees his psych when he's going well. It's interesting, completely unrelated but sort of related. Yeah, was, I, that's why – Oh, yeah, I'll just quickly say this because I think it's powerful. So my stepmom's a Cairo. She has her own clinic. And someone just sent in a message today who was cancelling an appointment because, like, she's like, oh, it's all good now. But, like, like, <laughs> like it's like – But it's yeah. the same thing to, like, with your mental health and yeah. your physical health. Like, you think – like, it's almost like we we're pro- we wait till a problem arises. And this has been spoken about in the pod before, but it would be interesting how we attack it. But sometimes we wait for a problem. But maintaining good mental health is almost – I spoke really early in the mental health thing. I said, there's so much focus on like, are you okay day? And there's a bit of a stigma around mental health. It's almost like helping the people who are really down, but there's not enough emphasis on good, consistent mental health self-care to keep the people who are up, up and keeping good mental health because it's so important because the more people we have who are in a really good headspace, it's going to be easier to help bring other people up because we've got more of those people up. And I think that's really important. So we, we're consistent with all these self-care activities and this, and all this mental health stuff. We reflect on what works for us and being consistent with it because it's so easy. Just like exercise, like it's it's just going to the gym. Because think about it, like Chris Bum said, talk about it. He talked about it as reps for like the mind. It's like the same thing. Like you go to the gym, right? And you and you're really happy with your physique. That doesn't mean it's etched in stone and and that's what it's going to be. It's a it, you're going to lose muscle over time. Just like your mental health is going to deteriorate if you don't be consistent with it sort of thing yeah brains are a big like <laughs> don't like don't you like you can't just just like like you said with like a muscle you can't just train it once and think it's sweet like you gotta keep it use it or lose yeah. it all right i reckon we'll touch on one more topic before we end so i reckon you think of something i've had a f- i've started a few convos here it is your podcast mate yeah it <laughs> is but it's just a conversation you can Prompt us with something. Mm. Quail just showed me a video of a, I like that one, Dan. Yeah, it's very good. Rolling with it. So there's a there's a boy and a horse in the woods, and yep. and the boy you can keep going. <laughs> I can't remember. The boy said, "Like I can't see through the woods," and then the the horse goes to him, "Can you see your next step?" And then he goes, "Yep." And then the horse goes, "We'll just take it." And then it's sort of then he goes on to elaborate, and it's like the whole thing of. People get so caught up and overwhelmed in the journey and the whole destination, um, or the destination and the end goal, and get super overwhelmed by such a massive thing. Whereas, if you want to continue on here, yeah. I'm better. I think we do have an obsession. It's hard because I love the idea of goals, but sometimes we're so fixated on certain external destinations that one, especially for overthinkers, I've been there. Like you're concentrating so hard that you lose your ability to be present. And if you, like you said, for, for people who overthink, this is the most powerful thing I've started to realize is you have control over a lot, so much, like how you react, how your actions. And I think a lot of us love to externalize and, and blame and blame situations for how we acted. And I, I, I'm really not a big fan of that. Obviously there's things that influence what you do, but to have, to have control and to, to know to internalize and give yourself control 
And that's where you have to be vulnerable and say like, okay, things went bad in this situation, but it's, it's how I actually reacted to a situation. And then I did negative things instead of just blaming like that made me do that. How external play the victim. you're just externalizing and you're taking power away from yourself in the long yeah. run and you're, you're telling you you're teaching yourself that you, your locus of control is external and you're giving away your own own power that doesn't mean bad things can't happen to you but it's still on you to how you re- respond to it and I think that's really powerful that for the overthinking analogy is that yes th- there's a goal you're after but and and you don't know and you can't you can't see like the clear path to it yet but if you take one step at a time and you be present eventually you might have taken enough steps where you can start to see the path unfold yeah and i think it's about taking ownership of your own life as well i think too many people play victim in their own lives where they blame external external forces for decision for things that went wrong like they'll blame another person for a reason why something happened or the weather or just making excuses for themselves. Like I'm looking around your room and it's messy and I might ask you why is your room messy and you might be like, oh, I've been busy or like I've been doing this, I've been doing that. But because I'm not really yeah. just, like you just make people just make excuses for themselves 100%. and then don't just take control of their own lives and own whether it's owning a decision or whether it's just realizing you've got to do something and just going ahead and doing it. I think people just want to find a, a way out rather than just mm-hmm. taking control of their life, stop playing the victim and, making a decision or doing something they want to do. And it's small things like this, a messy room or might be something bigger or things like what I was doing, me and my mate, we'd, we'd go to the beach every day in July. I still try and go pretty much most days. I'm not like Jack with a consistently going every day. But things like that, you realise that a small thing like going to the beach, jumping in the water, having a cold shower, the whole reason why people don't do those things is they make excuses for themselves. And I think we realise that, when we actually knew that we had to go is it was so easy to make time for something that seemed so big and it's like going down to the beach and going for a swim takes like 10 minutes and when you know you have to do it you stop making those excuses for yourselves and when you're not in that mindset of knowing you have to do those things then you will find every reason not to do it and you'll just be like oh no like in your head you'll just be talking to yourself like oh but i gotta do this or i gotta do that and you'll constantly be working and working working or you might not be working, you might be sitting on the couch or whatever it is, but there's always a reason why you didn't do something rather than just finding the reason to do something. And like yeah. it, it relates big or small. Habits. Yeah. That's the powerful thing about habits. And habits come to your identity. And nothing's more influential on your actions than your beliefs about yourself, which come from your identity, which is so powerful about that's why there's so much focus on controlling your habits and working on your habits because they lead to beliefs about yourself. And the reason I have a messy room is because, because I'm not I'm not someone who's clean and conscientious to clean my room. That's like like I, I clean do a big room clean every one to two weeks. But guess what? If 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 my if my underlying habits are bad, the room's going to end up again like this because I haven't changed at the core. Yeah. I haven't put in a routine every day, clean it, bang, and then it becomes an identity. Okay, I'm someone who cleans my room. Yeah. That's what I want to do. But I'm, I'm not doing it consistently, and it, and then it just beca- and then you become sloppy, and you yeah. end up falling back into the old self and having a messy room. But it manifests in life in so many ways. It's not just about having a messy room. People do it with food. Good metaphor, though. Yeah, it is a, is a good metaphor. But people do it with food, exercise. Yeah. Like they're, they're not. That's why when people are like, oh, I want to change my life in X way, it's really cool that do it every day mm-hmm. because it, 
at the end of the day, part of at the end of the day, it's your identity and your beliefs yeah. about yourself, which is so powerful. And doing it every day, that's like the culture every day. Like it's that consistency thing. Like I'm willing to put myself in uncomfortable situations, pain and suffering on a low level, but it becomes part of your identity, which creates positive momentum to make other changes. Yeah, rather than doing something for the actual sake of the actual action itself you're doing it because you know it's for the great outcome it's making you a better person or making you the person you want to be or following a path that you want to be on like the whole messy room thing it's like you don't like you shouldn't be wanting to clean your room to pick up the clothes and make your space tidy it's more about like the actual it might strike down the organization or might strike down to cleanliness or whatever the deeper meaning to it in quotation is but like I, I, I'm guilty as well. Right now, my room's fucking filthy, and usually it's clean because, like, I that used to be or still try to be part of my habits and routines, like my nighttime routine, where I clean, like, tidy everything up before I go to bed. But like, it's, you know, what I mean, I'm this whole weekend I've been, I've been in that weekend mode, like what I was discussing before, and the whole time I've just been making excuses for myself, and yeah. it's like good to pick up on in that, but it's one thing to pick up on and one thing is to take action on it, but. Yeah, that's why I love training my body physically and pushing myself. It's not; it's training my mind. And like I, I haven't put enough content out there on this stuff. And it's saying I'm really, I'm trying to find a. I'm still in myself thinking about how I want to like articulate it, but I believe there's such a big, so much improvement to be made in your mental health from pushing your physical limits because it really there's so many overlapping things, and obviously there's a lot of neuro neurochemicals and neurochemistry that's like to do with that but it's just at the core of it it's it's teaching you things about yourself that you didn't know you're capable of and it comes back to the whole discipline and like your beliefs about yourself if you're consistent and you push yourself and you and you find new limits you create a new ceiling or a new yeah. even a new baseline because yeah. you're doing things it I, I don't like to talk to too general terms but sometimes it's it's hard because we don't have... Uh, that's why I do like talking to individuals because we can really dig into like their own personal journey. But I'm sure if you're listening right now, there's some there's something in your life, in whatever context it'll be, where if you just push a bit harder, you'll realise you had more in you. It's, for me, it's the, been recently the gym. I know this sounds obvious, but I thought I worked hard in the gym until I read Goggin's book. And I know that it's a bit extreme, but yeah. I've... I've, I've pushing myself more i'm leaving my phone in the car i'm pushing myself more i'm get obviously getting some gains from it but i'm pushing myself to more mental limits and then sorry more physical limits and then my mind's following that and i'm really like i'm enjoying that battle because it's you you sent me this thing it was like on the other side of stuff off other side of pain is is a higher is a better self higher self wanting to come out so that's that's why i believe you've got to push yourself in so many things because you have so much greatness in you, but a lot of us are scared to go through the uncomfortable pain. And it, for me, it does comes back to embracing the uncertainty because we don't like the uncertainty of what if it's not going to play yeah. out? What happens if we don't? I, I go through all this pain and it's not Fear worth of the it. pain. Yeah, but yeah, what are we actually scared of? If coming back to existentially, and I, I didn't realize same thing. Like you, no one realizes how much you actually are capable of, like mentally and physically. And it does it like frustrates me a lot as well. Not because, not only my, like for me, but for others, like frustrates me to know, because I realised, especially after the island, well, that was most prominently where I realised like that when you when you think you're done and you think you've got nothing left physically, like 
you still got 40% left in the tank mentally. 60% and, according to Or 60%, yeah. whatever it is. But, like, you have so much more left to give and your body gives up, but your mind is the thing that keeps you going, I think. And the reason why, like, people drop or whatever the context is, might be gym, but, like, physically they feel like they can't do any more. But the, I think the moment when you realise you can do more is the moment you do more. And it's like even in gym when you – I feel like when you work out on your own, like you might be just cruising and then you might have a mate and then he lifts more and then you'll be like, oh, I'll do more. And then you realise you can constantly like better yourself and you never put, find those limits unless you're forced in between them unless you've got the strength to push yourself to that. But I think like – I don't know where I'm going you with have so much in You have so much within you and sometimes you – like in competitive situations, like you said, with your ma- your there, mate yeah. when you go to the gym. But I don't – I've been pushing more limits at the gym, but I'm, a lot of the time I'm just gymming myself. But I don't want to be reliant on that. But it's also helped to show you that you can be like that. Yeah. Similar to the alcohol thing. Yeah. It showed you what you could be like socially, like if you you had so much extroverted growth – and you, a lot of introverted people really extroverted when they drink, but it shows you what you can be like normally. You just don't, you haven't found that within yourself yet, similar to the gym and your competitiveness with other people. You have that within you, but a lot of us are unable to do that because it, it, there's an external push. But I, yeah. I'm trying to train my mind and discover Still myself so that, so that I can, because those people that, that you look at that, that, that's, they're the, in the long run, they're the people who are the most. Human to yeah, I don't know like, how to. I don't because I don't want to use words like successful because that's God, so just godlike. Controversial. Like the people like Ant Middleton and David yeah. Goggins, like they just guys. get the most out of themselves. Yeah. That, that that's what I'm aspiring to do. Yeah, to get the most out of myself because there's so much like untapped potential. And it, yeah, it, it's exciting, but it's like also it almost is semi frustrating. Yeah. yeah, I get. And that's all I think. Too. But it's like I'm doing this, but I know I can do so much more. And it's like where can I do this? And it, and I had a chat to a couple of mates, and I'm gonna try and I, I said yearly. But I don't know what the limit is, but try and do something big and uncomfortable each year. Mm. So it's like I did the island this year and then I want to do like a marathon, like sort of events like that. I want Ultras, to, yeah. Yeah, I want to do like a like a boxing camp where you just like train like a boxer for three months, whatever, and just push to absolute new limits because I know that it's like something like the island, there were so many experiences there which I would never have got in a any other situation. But it's like in the moment you're suffering and in the moment you're hurting and you want to tap out and you're just yeah. mentally all over the place. But like the growth you get from all that discomfort is just like unmatched and mm. it just makes me just want to just do more shit like that where I can just continue. You, you want to you practice what you preach. Yeah. And like when Goggins does all his stuff, like when he does these speeches and talks about, he, he loves to like do huge runs in the morning and he wants to do it every day because he, and I feel like this too, I find it really hard to talk about things if I'm not like upholding the standard, yeah, exactly. driving the standard. I think yeah. what you're getting at is you feel like you have a lot of growth. Well, in I can't you. just live off the island for the rest yeah, of my life. That's you know what, what I mean? mean. Like I've done one cool thing. I want to do shit like that every year. It doesn't have to be a reality TV show. Strip away the, the TV sense of things because after I did that, that was never relevant. And I said it to everyone that it could have not screened and I would have been so happy with it because I probably would have been more happy. Well, I did, the, like, I did a three-day retreat, no phone, and it yeah. was like on a low, lower-level scale what you did, but yeah. it was, you know, like it, I wasn't in a comfortable setting. I was sleeping in tents. I'm not really like that. And it wasn't broadcast, but I grew a lot from that. Yeah, exactly. And, and I did that for 28, 20, I was there 23 days and 22 days in the island. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that extent where you're, 
getting filmed for 22 days on no food and compl- like with 99 other strangers and doing physical challenges and all that. But like I want to do shit where I'm getting pushed to my absolute limits, whether it's across one day, whether it's across a month, whether it's across a three-month camp. Like You know what I mean? Like There's just so much more to life than just staying in the same swing of things. Like from the outskirts getting sucked out of your normal life for 28 days it was, like give and take the hotel time. It just like I remember one of my journal entries was when I got back. It was at the airport coming home, and it was along the lines of like, "Look how much you've grown in twenty eight days. Like twenty eight days in a three hundred sixty five day year in a seventy year life, and this is how much you've grown in twenty eight days as a twenty one year old. Like, how crazy is that? It was sort of that perspective, and I I might bring it on next week and read it out because like I was I was looking at that sense in the moment raw and just be like holy shit, look how much I've grown and look how little time it is in the grand scheme of things. Like basically with the attitude of how much more can I do mm. if, I'm, if I've got this mentality for the rest of my life. Obviously, it's unrealistic to hold. You're going to have off days and you're going to be in and out of routines or whatever it may be. But like to hold that sort of mentality for a long period of time, imagine how much potential there is to tap into and imagine how much growth there is to experience and how many good things you can do and people you can make happy and friendships you can make like if that's what you can do in 28 days in a whole life like i just think it's fucking crazy exactly and i think if you're listening to this and you might not have those opportunities to go away i was talking to harry about this i think there's so much power still in the little things because the little things add up so well like it's we like going on your phone once on tiktok right is not going to do damage but if you're constantly getting these dopamine hits like over time it accumulates in, in a bad habit sense and i think we get a bit we look at it in a bit of a negative way, but look at those opportunities as growth opportunities and say like, okay, I'm going to set little goals each day. I'm going to win those little battles and I'm going to come and I'm going to grow from that. So it might be at a gym, you, you set new new limits. It might be setting phone limits, like getting off your phone for a certain amount I of time. It's a start, eh? Everyone should be... You got to start with, yeah. with something that's p- applicable to be consistent with every day. It might be read 15 pages of this book a night. Like that's a start. And then and then over time you might be reading more or reading harder stuff, whatever. Like you've got to start somewhere and be consistent with it because everyone's going to have their own life and things they're passionate about, whether it, it could be cooking, it could be music. And you're going to have to apply this with how you want, but you've got to understand that you've got to start somewhere. But it come, I love how we've circled this because we're about to end the episode, but it's circled around to this whole thing of, comes the upside of never trying is never having to feel the pain of failure so that's it, it links back to the whole thing we just got to get a start and you got to be willing to fail and i just think that has it's so applicable in my life you've just got to think about how this episode has resonated with your life and think about things you're truly passionate about and are there those little doubts in your head that have stopped you and it's okay and i think we'll probably get into this more in another episode but I think I've changed my perspective a bit where I, I judge myself against me and my limits and what I want to live by rather than external measures. So I'm really driven and, you know, sometimes it, it can get in your head and your self-talk can become a bit negative. But I really measure myself against pushing my limits, pushing my own boundaries and looking for self-growth opportunities. And I don't care on an external level if I fail, like, whether it's like you know football going to like the waffle like if if i if it doesn't work out i don't care as long as my internal 
um, mindset and, and my internal, like I applied myself as good as I can. I was willing to be vulnerable and grow. I put everything into it that I have. If that's not enough, then that's okay. But I can't, I couldn't live with myself in whatever context if I'm, if I just don't put everything in and then I just tell myself, oh, it's okay. Like you could have, if you tried a bit harder, I don't want to fucking live with those bullshit excuses that we give ourselves. I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's yeah, I'm the exact same. Like, holding no regret whatsoever like it's it's one thing to say you hold no regrets and i try not to at all because like i was saying it shapes me everything shapes me to where i am but like to them people you might have the moment where you there's you know that you could have given a time a bit more and you tapped out of something when you couldn't have like but like that's what i mean i don't actually ever want to hold regret so like with the island for example i hold held absolutely no regret at all because I mean, when I dropped in that challenge, obviously it was shown completely different on TV. But when I dropped in that challenge, I had like zero in the in the tank at all, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. I was running on absolute empty. So like, I knew that I pushed myself to the absolute limit. Beyond plus plus the rest, and I came that close. So and I did it in a challenge where if I won, I would have gone all the way. And I knew that I was like that close away from it held no regret at all because there was like I knew there was nothing else left for me and that's on a large scale but like like you said it's easy to say you don't have regret but you you can't the only reason you can say you don't have regret is because you know that you actually did everything you can to control the situation that you're in and did everything you can to get the best out of yourself it's actions that matter like you can say all these things and we've said this before but this is we, we have these conversations as an opportunity to reflect and because, like I said, I don't think we do that enough. But we're going to go out of this podcast and wake up tomorrow and we're trying to implement these actions that we're talking about. We're not just talking about it, going completely off direction and then talking like this. Like we're, we're talking about stuff that we're so passionate about in our own lives. That's why I feel confident to talk about these things is because I'm actually preaching and trying to – I'm on this path and this journey. That's why I like getting – I'm really happy to have Harry on because he's – on a really similar wavelength, if, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> All right. I think, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. It's just over an hour. But, yeah, definitely so much to talk about. More to talk about, obviously. This, this is limitless. But thanks, guys. thanks for listening, guys. Give us your feedback and, yeah, see you on the next episode. Cheers, Harry, again for coming on. Let's go. See you next Sunday. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.